The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Take Off with John Clark, presented by Rivers Casino. And we have a very, very special guest. And hopefully the next time we talk to him, we'll be able to say a Hall of Fame <laughs> guest because he's a Hall of Famer in our minds here in Philly. Let's welcome in former Eagles great Eric Allen. Good to see you. Oh, it's great to be here with you. And uh, hopefully, and I trust that's going to be the case this time around as far as Hall of Fame is concerned. Yeah, and we're going to ask you a couple questions about the Eagles' defense, trying to solve yeah. that. But uh, but this is, I think, your fourth time being a semifinalist for the Hall of Fame. Yes, and, yeah. Yeah, and I'm starting to see, you know, Troy Aikman, some other guys, Rich Gannon, they're saying, hey, Eric deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Are you feeling good this year? Hey, I am feeling as good as I've felt in the last four times. And, uh, you know, great friend of mine and probably yours, Sal Palantonio, uh, been in contact with him early in the process for the first time, really. And he was like, EA, here in Philadelphia and in Oakland, we know what a great player you were. But it's been a long time since some of these guys who are sitting, you know, in the positions of power. So you have to get out and kind of toot your horn a little bit. So uh, I appreciate the advice and I've taken it up in uh, the last couple of weeks of kind of just kind of just start letting everybody know uh, that uh, it, it's about time, you know, yeah. the numbers kind of thought speak for themselves. Obviously they didn't. <laughs> so now I'm here with the help of you guys and the rest of the uh, uh, Eagles and Raider family trying to get me over the hump. And of course I used to work with Vi Sikahema at NBC oh, yeah. 10 and he said, come on, let's get EA into the <laughs> hall of fame. <laughs> Vi is one of the great all time friends. And sometimes when you have teammates and you don't speak to them for a while, you know, years or so. But once you kind of get back in that, you know, conversation, talking, it's just like we're back in the locker room. And that was great about those great Eagle teams is, you know, it's Vi Sikahema, uh, Mike Golick, Seth Joyner, Clyde Simmons, Mark McMillan. I mean, we pick up just like we were back in the locker room, just a great atmosphere uh, when you're in the uh, presence of those guys. And Vi is one of my, one of my dearest friends. He is maybe the finest human being I've ever known in my life. Um, yes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there for you. So you're you're tied for 21st all time, of course, with the 54 interceptions. You had four yeah. in the playoffs, and you're tied for eighth all time in pick sixes, uh, right. six Pro Bowls, and then first or second All Pro three times. And here's the key for me: more interceptions and interception returns for touchdowns than 41 of the 45 Hall of Fame defensive backs. Now, that is impressive for that resume. Yeah, maybe I need you to go in and speak for me, right? <laughs> uh, the, the emphasis, and there's, with the numbers, while we were playing, while I was playing, towards the end of my career, the goal was to get to 50 interceptions because, you know, that's what I thought was the automatic number. 
kind of like 500 home runs in baseball. Uh, and I understand that the Super Bowl holds tremendous weight. And fortunately or unfortunately, you know, I was not able to play in a Super Bowl. But there's the numbers kind of you say 21. I never lined up at safety. And I consider myself a corner. I played left. I played right. And I played inside. Uh, and so I that's a badge of honor for me to have not had to move to safety, to still be for 14 years. And at the beginning of every season of those 14 years, if you look at the roster, I was penciled in as a starting cornerback. You know, not a safety. And hats off to the guys who made that transition. Good for them. The Rod Woodsons of the world. Aeneas Williams of the world. that go to safety. Great. They're able to help their team win, get the Super Bowls. But for a cover guy, the most important position on the football field is a cornerback and being able to cover the most dangerous guy. And those are the things that hopefully people understand and say, yes, he wasn't able to get to a Super Bowl, but he played cornerback for 14 years, started, played left, right, and inside. So if Jerry Rice at some point went inside, I was able to follow him. Some other guys were not able. They didn't feel comfortable inside. So I think the one major issue, I think, when we start looking at cornerbacks is what system did you play in? Were you, did they rely on you to have to cover the guy in cover one or, of course, Buddy Ryan with 46 defense, all those guys on the line of scrimmage blitzing, you had to hold up on the corner and make plays. So there's some details and things when we start talking about the cornerbacks and safeties and defensive backs as a whole. I really pride myself on being able to have lined up 14 years uh, on the corner. It is very, very impressive. And I'm going to get back to that in a second. But, you know, I, I think a lot of Eagles fans would love to hear from you when they see yeah. this Eagles defense this year. And defense has changed in the NFL since you played. But, yeah. you know, when you see this Eagles defense, they're now worst defense in the NFL on third down. They're giving up over 61% third down conversions the last three weeks. And then red zone, third worst in the red zone. And then they're giving up the second most passing touchdowns, one behind the commanders. And I guess I'm asking you, at yeah. this point, do you think it's possibly going to be the fatal flaw for the Eagles this year? It, it is. And it's late in the season. So it's going to be very difficult outside of coverage changes and a change in philosophy to get those numbers for the guys who are sitting in those seats on Monday after the game to get those numbers to change around, right? So right now, when you look at and you think about the Philadelphia Eagles, you think about that outstanding front seven that they have, and they will continue to bring pressure. What I thought going into this season is I thought when you start making adjustments in the middle of the football field, no matter if the player is better, you're, you're missing Epps, you're missing CJ from last year, and the guys you brought in could be better. I mean, they could be faster, they could be stronger, but the communication, the it's always a change, particularly in the middle of the football field. You have to have the understanding of those linebackers and safeties in the middle of the field. They have to play together. They have to be on the same page. And I think Bonyard and uh, 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 when you're missing a guy like Epps, who's just a really smart, cerebral player, he was always putting himself in the right situations. Uh, like he does for us, for, for the Raiders. Uh, we have firsthand knowledge of seeing how he plays, how he communicates, does an amazing job. 
And, and I think right now the Eagles on the back end are really struggling a little bit as far as holding coverage for more than three or four seconds uh, because maybe the pressure is not getting there. That combination, last year, pressure to coverage was as good as I've seen in the National Football League in years. This year, they're being able to pick up the blitzes, pick up the pressures, and the guys in the back end are not doing a very great job, consistent enough, in being able to hold that coverage. Yeah, and that's a very interesting point because the Eagles, when they're getting sacks this year, they're mostly on first and second down. And lately, yes. over the last month or month and a half, you know, they're they're one of the bottom teams now as far as getting those sacks on third down. And you you just talked about it. I mean, if you're not getting the pressure on third down and that secondary has to hold up and your blitzes aren't necessarily getting home, that the secondary has given up all those conversions. Um, and do you think there's just not that marriage of the pass rush and the secondary? Exactly. And so what we're seeing now is teams not holding the ball long and the middle of the football field is critically important for getting yourselves in third and manageable. So with the tight ends, with receivers in bunch settings, running crossing routes, really getting the defensive backs and the linebackers in coverage isolation. Now you can figure out a way to stop not having to think about if I'm a defensive back, if I'm going to have to cover vertically, that's one thing horizontally different. Now the quarterback has between two and four seconds to be able to deliver the ball over the football field. Now you have run after catch. So now teams have studied the Eagles said we need to get the ball out fast, but we need to get the ball out fast in the middle of the football field. A lot of play action pass, a lot of things where we're going to get the linebackers involved in coverage. And for any team, not just the Eagles, Raiders too. We really struggle in that aspect. When we face those receivers who run really good routes over the middle of the football field or tight ends who are in the middle of the football field. Because as a linebacker, my first thing is I need to stop the run. So if you're having success in the run, that's bringing those linebackers off. And that makes the defensive coordinator have to really invest some of his resources in stopping the run, leaving those safeties and corners on islands more than they have been in the last couple of years. Yeah, and obviously these last two games, especially against the Cowboys and the Niners, uh, you saw a lot of things over the middle. Um, yeah. Let me let me ask you, as a former player, the Eagles were 10-1. and one. They were in the middle of what we called the gauntlet here in Philly. You know, you yeah. had already faced the Chiefs. You had to face the Bills, the Cowboys before that. Um, and then you had these two huge games against the 49ers and Cowboys. And both the 49ers and Cowboys were on 10 days rest for yeah. those games. The Eagles had that accumulation of the overtime against the Bills, tough pull out the wins in the second half type of games. And Nick Sirianni admitted, hey, everybody's tired at this time of year, but he should right. have given them some more rest. Do you think sometimes it is the schedule and when you play these teams that, that could maybe cause these blowouts? No doubt about it. And now I'm going to give you a little another nugget. When you are the team that is – uh, a Super Bowl contender had just played in a Super Bowl in the offseason, particularly for NFC teams. When you're going through offseason preparation, usually you're working on yourself, but there's times when you're working on that other team. That other team for everyone in the NFC is the Philadelphia Eagles. So they're breaking down the Philadelphia Eagles in training camp, in those mini camps, 
Here's what we're dealing with offensively. Here's what we're dealing with defensively, let alone losing your offensive and defensive coordinators from the previous previous year. So all those adjustments coming into this season where you were successful, all those teams, the 49ers, the Lions, the Cowboys, all those NFC teams are putting a bullseye around that football team, particularly their pressure and their running game. Got to find ways to beat the Eagles, stopping the pressure and stopping the running game because their power run, when it's going, they're a very difficult team to stop. Yeah, you're right. And I bet you those Niners, since they lost to the Eagles <laughs> in the NFC title game, that was the focus all training camp and during yes. the season. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Hey, celebrity cook Steve Martirano is bringing his Italian-American cooking back home to Philly, where it started. Enjoy Martirano's Prime at Rivers Casino and Steve's famous meatballs with Sunday gravy, prime steaks, and more. So make reservations for Martirano's Prime on open table. I've been to the one in Fort Lauderdale. I'm glad it's back in Philly. You know, do you ever do you ever look at a defense and just say, because you, you made a great point about the communication with the middle of the field, especially Kevin Byard is new. Reed Blankenship yes. is starting. You lost those two safeties. You lost TJ Edwards. You lost yep. Kaiser White. So you have yeah. new linebackers, and then you bring in Shaq Leonard now. And then I, I don't want to say they got old, but on the in the secondary, because of those things, you then see James Bradbury. Okay, he he doesn't look, he's never been fast. Right, um, right. He's a physical receiver, but it looks like everybody's just a tiny bit slower. Is that not necessarily the case, or is that what a defense looks like when these things are going wrong? That's what it looks like. Uh, as those two corners do a great job of pattern reading, and I, I would do that towards you know the end of my career also. So you can line up wherever you line up, but you have an idea of where the ball is going to end up. And as long as you're in the space where the ball ends up at the end of the play, you're going to be good. Two very smart football players on the corners. But now when you have situations where you're running across the field, all of the preparation has kind of gone out the window because you have to start to anticipate. And now it is about what kind of speed you have. Can you jump high? Those things. Last year, really didn't deal with those because the pressure was just so incredible that the players we're able to kind of sit sometimes, break on balls, and kind of really know what the offense is doing. Again, I go back to what the 49ers do and do well, the crossing routes. So that does match up speed on speed. And if the quarterback is able to move the pocket, manipulate the pocket left or right just a little bit in order to allow his receiver, Debo Samuels or, or, or IU, to be able to use their athleticism and their speed to just get a step, now it's a catch and you have to make the tackle different opportunities this year than last year. Last year, a lot of vertical routes, a lot of outbreaking routes, a lot of routes that are happening in and around the numbers. This year, a lot in the middle of the football field, quick throws, allowing our receivers, our tight ends, our running backs to really get you speed and space, trying to make you miss. Right now, the Eagles have not done a great job in tackling. Seth Joyner went off a couple weeks ago. I'm not going to go that far. But again, it requires you now to work a new game. You can't just sit back, wait for that pressure to get there, make plays in the ball. Now it's about angles, leverage, cutting things off, different football game. I think they're going to be able to adjust these last four weeks and get back on a winning track. The coaching staffs 
going to really have to help them offensively, run the football, take the football away from their offense, find ways to take shots when you have a successful play action. Defensively, run a little more zone, some zone dogs, not putting your middle linebacker, your wheel linebacker, your safeties on the spot to cover man-to-man. Yeah, and, and when you look at a team last year, you talked about the defense. They lost half of their starters on defense because yes. uh, guys start to get paid when you're going to the Super Bowl. So do you think it's more lack of personnel or scheme or adjusting to a new scheme? Adjusting to a new scheme and then being able to adapt to what offenses are doing now. So as the week goes on, you know this, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all preparation days for a defensive player. So you're chewing up film. You're getting opportunities to see where they like to go in certain situations. And then the other team is doing the same thing with you. So if they continue to see success in one area of the football field or against the defense, you're going to really see that until you're able to stop it. So it's up to the individual if it's a – like Bradbury, for instance. If, they, if you know – they're going to double move you in critical situations, man, that has to be on your mind. You can't get yourself in those situations where it's second and short or third and short, and you're thinking, hey, they're going to run a quick route. I'm going to jump it. You got to know they're going to double move you. Seen a lot of double moves. So those are the things that you have to take on upon yourself as a player to be able to rectify. Your team's a coordinator and your staff has to figure out a way. Let's put him in better situations. Let's put him in a situation where he can jump those things with help over top. So it's a combination right now. I believe they're going to get after it because they have great personnel and they just have to figure out a way to have the personnel and the scheme work together to be able to help these players out, make plays, and get that confidence back. And, and does it help that you're kind of at the end of this gauntlet and they have four <laughs> teams with losing records to finish the season, quote-unquote, the easiest schedule? I mean, how much can you get back on track confidence-wise when you're not facing arguably two of the best teams in the NFL? It's a toll. It, it has been a toll for this football team to face both these really strong um, teams right now, two quarterbacks who are you know up in the race as the MVP, you're facing these guys off uh, less rest. These guys are coming off rest. But, yes, you need to find a way to get some confidence back in yourself and your defense, the coordinators. Even they struggle at times. I should have called this when I called that. I should have, you know, pressured when I went to zone. So just get together, look at your middle of your defense, figure out a way how we can really communicate, be on the same page, find ways to get the coordinators, the middle linebackers, and the safeties all to a point where they can anticipate what's coming. Once you start to anticipate what's coming, man, you have so much confidence, and that confidence just exudes through the back end. And you've seen this Eagles team a lot of times, last year especially, they're playing complementary football. Yeah. When one side of the ball is giving up the amount of yards and points like the defense has, how much stress does that put <laughs> on the other side of the ball? And it seems like everything gets out of whack with the whole team. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And I'm going to take you back just a little bit uh, in the 90s with uh, Seth Joyner and Clyde Simmons and the bunch. We, 91, you know, we had one of the great defenses of all time. And Randall had got hurt. And we were down to our third or fourth quarterback. And every time, you know, we would intercept the ball, put him in great field position, and it would be one, two, three, and out. And some of the conversations of, you know, <laughs> 
up defense going on the field and offense coming off, you know, wasn't for the kind hearted. So you get frustrated, but these guys are really built a brotherhood and uh, with the leadership of Jalen Hurts, who's just a tremendous leader. And I think he needs to up his game a little bit and play more consistent. And he's maybe banged up a little bit like everybody is at this point. But when you have a quarterback who is such a dynamic weapon, uh, who has continued to progress, and then that weapon is taken away a little bit, you see some of the uh, the things that fall short uh, offensively, not being able to run the ball and be a power offense. Yes, it's frustrating, but I think these guys are a little bit different. In the Super Bowl last year, obviously a great game, end up losing it to the Chiefs, but I think this next four weeks, they'll be able to get that confidence back of offensively kind of opposing your will on a defense that's not great limit the amount of times that that opposing offense gets to be on the football field and as a defender man if i know these guys have to throw the ball downfield we're back again to where we were last year we're dictating what happens on the football field defensively they have to get big plays so now i can play and jump on those routes and take those things away yeah and you know all about the emotions of the game and a lot of times a game is decided by the team that wants it more, the more desperate yeah. team, uh, the one that's more physical. And it seems to me like like you were talking about, the 49ers, this was their Super Bowl, playing the yes. Eagles back at the link. And then the Eagles had already beaten the Cowboys at the link about a month yeah. ago. Cowboys wanted to get a game. You know, it's very hard right. to sweep a, a good team like that in the division. So if the Eagles were to face the Cowboys – at home, at the link in Philly in the playoffs, what kind of story do you think that'll be? Uh, first of all, the, the week leading up to the game, the fan bases are going to be just amazing. It's going to be great. And that's the one thing that when you think about these two football teams and the fan bases, they get it charged during the week. The fan bases are going back at each other. Player-wise, it's an opportunity for you to say to yourself, First game we won, second game we lost. Let's look at both these games. What happened in these games? It usually comes down to turnovers, red zone, so important on both sides of the ball, red zone, and then line of scrimmage. You know, who's dictating at the line of scrimmage? Can we, can we be a better team at the line of scrimmage? Every game the Eagles go into, they can be the better football team at the line of scrimmage. They just need to find that confidence again. And that confidence is going to come from if they play the Cowboys again or they play the 49ers again, yeah, they beat us the last time we played. No way they're going to be able to beat us again because now we're going to change. We're going to find ways to tweak our system a little bit so we'll be in the advantage. They'll be kind of sitting on their heels. I know the, the Eagles are going to get to the playoffs. It's just a matter of what team gets to the playoffs. Yeah, and sometimes is it good – for a team that was rolling along and even maybe squeaking out some victories that they shouldn't have. Sometimes in the end, when you look back in the playoffs down, you know, looking back, is it good sometimes to get punched in the mouth and have to reevaluate everything? Maybe there's slippage in areas. That That's a great point. Only if in the locker room, they take note of those things as an individual, as a group, as a team. The worst thing you can do is get beat like you've been beaten the last couple of weeks and just move on. There's always great material to learn from in a loss. I was never the one 
to, you know, lose a battle, lose a game, and just kind of move on. No, I want to see what happened. I want to see why I lost this battle. Did I prepare uh, my preparation? Was it right or wrong? I mean, that it's like a, every week is like a test. And, you know, some people have test anxiety, you know, but every week is like a test. And at the end of the game, you get the you get the results right away and you study those results and say, you know what? I made a mistake here. I made a mistake here. Oh, played 30. I was great. The ball was thrown. You go through that list just like the coaches. They're going to go through their list. Things that they call. Hey, man, that first 15 plays, we were right on the money. But the situation changed and we didn't adapt. So most important thing is look at the film, adapt. And this football team, smart coaching staff very physical football team, they will adapt. I know they will. The Eagles will be a much better team two or three weeks from now than where they are right now. And and you having the amount of interceptions that you had in your career, getting to that 50-plus, yeah. um, it yeah. seems like when things go bad, those interceptions aren't coming. How do you, right. you kind of turn that around? And, and what is what comes together to produce an interception? Oh, man. Love it. Love it. So usually the quarterbacks in the league have their favorite players, have their favorite plays. And I remember we were playing the 49ers in 94. Dion's on the team. Uh, Steve Young, Jerry Rice, of course, just a team is loaded. That team went on to win the Super Bowl. Uh, the first 15 plays, though, were scripted. And in those first 15, Jerry has about four or five. And they're going to mix them up, but he's going to have about four or five. I mean, they got to get this Jerry Rice. He's the greatest of all time. Uh, so for me, what I would do, I would study those first 15, try and pick up formations, try and pick up any little indicators I could see to where they're trying to get in the ball. So usually what they wanted to do is throw a slant to Jerry because he was one of the greatest at running that slant. I told the guys the whole week in practice, I was like, listen, when he gets in a situation where I think he's going to run the slant, I'm jumping. I don't care. I mean, if he double moves me, that's just he's going to double move me. It'll be the second time, you know. Uh, and and I get the formation. I line up. I give a wink to my safety. He runs the slant. I pick it off, right? We end up beating him down. That was one of the great performances that we had that year. Uh, but that's what you have to do. You have to prepare yourself. You have to be confident enough to know that your preparation is right. And that's what these guys have to do. They have to find a way to get some things that they see on film and you have to be confident enough in your preparation to jump it and go get it and be aggressive. And uh, those are things that these football players nowadays, particularly the Eagles, man, they have such a really – their personnel on defense, I love those guys, man. And uh, they just have to really buy into preparing and being confident enough to, to jump some routes. And what did you uh... – what did you think this year when you saw these Eagles go out onto the field at the link wearing those Kelly greens for those oh, games? Oh, man. That took me back. I it just – the whole week leading up, uh, they, they had, you know, reached out to a lot of the alumni and said, hey, you know, we're, we're about to wear the Kelly greens this game. And, and I have four sons, and two of them are big-time Eagles, and two of them are – but those uniforms, everybody was wearing Eagle Green, Kelly Green jerseys uh, that week. I mean, it just uh, takes me back to, to the good old days. It really does. And as you see, I have Reggie in a different jersey over my shoulder. But uh, 
that's the kind of days it takes me back to. Yeah. And, and it took off. I mean, people were camped <laughs> out like for a game, like 4 a.m. They're sitting outside the link trying to get their hands on those Kelly greens. It was wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an amazing uh, combination. And they have worn the Kelly greens before, but this time it just seemed like the whole uniform was like 1992. I was expecting Randall Cunningham to run out the, you know, the tunnel or something, you know, just really, really cool uh, throwback style. And I hope they continue that in this next couple of years. See, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if they have a home playoff game, which I think Ooh. everybody hopes happens. I'm wondering, can you decide since it's a playoff game, can they decide to wear the Kelly greens? Cause I know a lot of the players wanted that to be their main uniform now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. There's been some pushback a little bit from, from somewhere. I don't know about the Kelly greens, but that would be, I, you know, can you imagine the Kelly greens against the Cowboys, exactly. you know, it, you know, at the link, Oh man, one o'clock kickoff. It'd just be incredible. I was there last year for the NFC championship game and I was, uh, golf carting around the parking lot and i mean the tailgates i had so much fun uh in that that space and people still kind of remember those days of long ago uh and that defense put a you know show on against the 49ers so hopefully they can do the same in those kelly greens yeah and, and what are you thinking about that i mean are you thinking because look philadelphia you know how it is here everybody's like oh my goodness is is this like <laughs> Is this kind of like the end of our hopes this year? But what are you thinking about the outlook of the best teams in the NFC with the Eagles, yeah. Niners, and Cowboys? Yeah, right now, I mean, the, the 49ers are really rolling right now. I mean, they have everything going. I love Fred Warner in the middle of the football field, does a great job. I think he gets everybody defensively on the same page. That's why it's so important to have that guy in the middle of the football field who has some experience, has some toughness about him. I think now that Leonard's over with the – uh, Philadelphia Eagles, he can probably give that with another couple of weeks of work. But I think it's all going to come down to how Jalen plays. I think Jalen is going to have to get healthy. I think he's going to have to use those legs to extend plays. Those receivers are terrific. Uh, getting the tight end back, I think it's going to be difficult. I think right now the 49ers are the best team in the National Football League. The Cowboys still have a little bit of you know, ways to go. Uh, but right now, all signs pointing towards the 49ers being the best football team, finding ways to make Brock Purdy have to beat you, have to extend plays, have to be creative. He can't play on script. You're not going to beat him if he plays on script. He's not going to beat. You're not going to beat him if it's one, two, three balls out. You have to get him off script. You have to make him have to make plays outside the pocket. If he does, great. I'm sure. Uh, and in and, and, and the film that I've watched about Brock Purdy, he's not going to be great outside running left. I mean, those are the spaces to where the Mahomes and, the, and those guys are great. You have to make him play off script. So have you thought about the possibility of the Eagles getting back to the Super Bowl this year and, yeah. and you getting yeah. that call yeah. with a knock <laughs> at your door? Oh, wouldn't that be great? I mean, that, that would be just a dream come true and I hope so I think both organizations the Eagles and Raiders have an alumni base that is a little different from everyone else everyone's still welcomed you see your guys you play with 
guys, some guys are working in the organizations, but I mean, Merle Reese still there, Mike Quick always uh, see, but if this team was able to get back to the Super Bowl, play in Las Vegas where I work, right, and then have the opportunity to, uh, to be one of those guys who are in line to get that gold jacket, that would be a perfect setting uh, for, for me and my family. It would be absolutely amazing. What a story. Let, let me ask yeah. you, do you do you sweat this at all? Like, is it something that you stay up thinking about, you know, going into the Hall of Fame? Or or do you do you feel like you're a Hall of Famer? And that would be okay, great yeah. that you actually get the accolades, but do you have that, you know, value in yourself and feeling within yourself that you're a Hall of Famer? Is this something that you, that you sweat? Um I was fortunate enough to, as soon as I finished playing, I went right to ESPN and I worked at ESPN for like 14 years. And then from ESPN, you know, right to the PAC 12, I was always busy and I always thought, Hey, the numbers will take care of itself. I see my guys going in, you know, of course, prime is a guy, Rod Woodson's, you know, he's got, that's the company. Those are the players that I was with. So, hey, you know what? They're in. It's just a matter of time. The last two years, it's it's uh, it's been frustrating, right? The, the last year, it's been frustrating because you think about the things that you accomplished on the football field. You think about uh, the time you played, the great players I played against. I, I, I think I played against like 10, 11 receiving Hall of Famers. And I say that because I only gave like two touchdowns to like 11, 12 guys, right? So when you start talking about competition, quarterbacks I faced, uh, it becomes frustrating, right? And uh, you know, you know, you should be in there with all of the numbers and everything else and the guys who are in there. Uh, it's just a matter of getting to that point where someone's able to walk into the room and talk for me. And I think we'll be okay there. It's just a matter of getting there to that point. And hopefully with, you know, these interviews that I'm doing now and, and uh, social media, we're able to get to that point. Yeah. And, and how cool is that? That Troy Aikman, um, <laughs> Troy Aikman says, this is an easy one. He belongs in the hall of fame. And he's basically saying, Hey, there was Dion. Once you get past Dion, it's basically Eric Allen, and Aeneas Williams, okay? Yeah. Well, they're yeah. Hall of Famers, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> right? That's right. Yes. And the battles against Troy and Michael, Alvin Harper, I mean, those were memorable battles for years. And I have so much respect for those guys. Uh, they had an opportunity to kind of take the reins and, and make championship uh, dreams come true. But I appreciate that from Troy. And those battles were were really battles. I mean, there are some things that, you know, you had to do as a player. Uh, they made you prepare and study. I mean, there's a couple routes where they were basically unstoppable. It was called this glance route. And Mike would line up on the inside edge of the numbers, and he'd take about five steps and turn, and Troy would put that ball right on his inside number. And I was just like, how can I stop this route? I mean, this is this is crazy. I can't line up inside because I'm giving them the total field. So I basically had to 
one offseason, I ran the route probably a thousand times, like I was Michael Irvin. And I start to understand, like, oh, it's a timing thing. So I just have to screw the timing up. So uh, we were playing, I think it may be a Monday night game. And he lines up. And I was like, okay. And I just jumped inside. I, at the top of his route, I just jumped inside. And you can see Troy kind of like, what the heck is going on, you know? Because he's just one, two, three, four, five. And he's letting it go. I jump inside. I'm not sure if I intercepted or knocked it down. But the next game... They came out, Michael lined up, and then he adjusted. So I was like, oh, I got you guys now. So <laughs> that's just that great competition. It's just not physically, it's mentally. And those players brought out the best, and we brought out the best in each other. Yeah, and it's amazing the Hall of Famers that you played against. And listen, I uh, I, I ran into you out there in Arizona when the Eagles right. plane was arriving for the Super Bowl. You were wearing your Eagles <laughs> Hall of Fame jacket. I yeah. Hope, I hope to envision that again and right. see that happen, and I hope you get the call. And I tell you, it's a conversation here in Philadelphia. Ike Reese uh, a couple weeks ago was, right. you know, he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Like, you hear people saying this, so hopefully this is the year. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. I, I think all the, you know, from from both coasts, right, east to west. Uh, I think I'm now it may hopefully in the front of front of the line to to get in, and uh, it would just be a huge honor. You know, I grew up here in San Diego on 42nd and Ocean View, uh, and it would just be a huge honor to be able to wear that gold jacket here in San Diego, and and uh, I know my family would be much appreciative of. Uh, the opportunities that the National Football League has given me. Yeah, and that would be great for your family to see. That would be yes, awesome. Yes, it would be. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, hopefully everybody's going to watch this and right. uh, put some pressure <laughs> on the Hall of Fame committee and all the people who vote. And uh, you got a lot of people backing you, so we wish you the best, yes. Eric Allen. I thank you, John, man. It's been a great, great conversation. Just hit me up anytime, man. Eagles or Raiders, and, I, and I'm here for you. You got it. And uh, as I said, hopefully the next time we see you, we can say Hall of Famer Eric Allen. Yes, all it's, right. It's much deserved. Thank you. Appreciate it, my man. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.